back with another episode of Talking Maiden. Podcast of the Beast. <laughs> with Taylor and Nesbitt. Everything's going great with our podcast. Uh, we've been uh, banging them out pretty consistently lately. We have a lot of great ideas coming in from listeners and uh, from our own heads. Um, if you haven't subscribed to our podcast yet, please do. And uh, if you can give it a review, we'd appreciate that as well because... We're getting out there now, and we're getting a lot of uh, good feedback and a lot of good downloads, uh, but we want to keep growing our community and uh, keep the dialogue open. Yeah. yeah, and it's all organic growth. Yeah. We're not promoting. We're not blogging and begging. And we're just, I, I, I think we're, you know, I said last time, I think we, we're scratching an itch. Like, we're just in a in a place where there's a, you know, I'd love there to be 10 Maiden podcasts to listen to. Yeah. You know, um, maybe someone besides ourselves, because it's, it's, it is funny <laughs> listening to yourself talk about it. It's pretty fun. Well, I just love having a couple of beers and talking about Maiden for an hour. <laughs> about recording yeah. it. Honey, I got to go to work. I got I got stuff to do. Yeah. Yeah. She'd be like, how can I listen to your podcast? I'm like, no, they're not online. We just, yeah. uh. <laughs> yeah. And vinyl. Vinyl podcasts. <laughs> Mail them out weekly. Yeah. yeah our, uh, our podcast is so cool. It only comes out on vinyl. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So, uh, things have been going well. Uh, we shot, a um, recently we did a podcast. We had, uh, Luke in and we did some maiden news. Yep. Uh, we got a lot of stuff coming up. Um, the thing we want to talk about very quickly, I guess is we're going to, we're going to start to do some analysis from drumming, which came out of a friend of ours. We talked about previously on Reddit and kind of threw that idea out there. But first, uh, should we tee up a beer? We should. Uh, fantastic. Read the so cane. This we're back to Western Newfoundland Brewing Company. We did one last time. Last time we had the, what was it? We had the stout. It was a stout. It yeah. was a stout. The Trout River, the Stout River. Right. This one is the Western Newfoundland Brewing Company, Wild Cove. Now, this is a brand new brewery. We have too few breweries uh, in this province, but we have a lot planned coming. This is an old world pub ale. Full, pretty well a liter can. This yeah, is not two, a driving beer. If you have two pint glasses, it uh, fills yeah. two pint glasses. Two right pint glasses. 5.7%. It won't fit in the cup holder of my truck, and that's probably a good thing. <laughs> but anyway, tee it up. Do not spend your time worrying about those wasted beers. Love it. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, we had a great um, input from um, a friend on Reddit, and he said, like, compare... Um, essentially, bring bring Clyde Burr into the discussion with with right. Nico and see you know how their drumming styles differ. Who's the better drummer, and um, you yeah. know just compare and contrast. And now I did a bit of drumming in high school, but I mean I don't have any technical or trained expertise to give anything more than a than just a layman's opinion. So we're gonna reach out, find a few people who can drum. Uh, yeah, and do I'd like to get an expert opinion. Yeah. And do uh, some listening and some comparison. My my gut reaction right off is that Nico's a step up, but obviously that's just a big. No, I think it's just different style. Different style. Yeah. yeah. So we're we're gonna prep for and, that. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. I don't want to get into. I'll save it for the podcast. Yeah, save it for I'll the just, podcast. I had a, a lot to say about like Clive Ver versus Nico. Yeah. And Nico playing Clive stuff. Yeah. Differently sometimes. I don't know. And we could talk. We'll about save it. The departure <laughs> too, and what that led to, and where Clive went after. So. Um, the tragic story of Clive Burr. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we'll uh, tee that. We'll um, hopefully we can find a, someone who you know who can give us a fair enough analysis from the drumming perspective. We'll do the best we can to kind of break it down and uh, really look forward to that episode as well. We're going to start to do some of the, uh, I guess, more popular uh, mid eighties, early eighties, early years albums. Right. Power Slave being next. I like to do Power Slave, and then maybe do one of the Paul Diano albums. Yeah, Killers, I think, has been begged uh, yeah. from, from a few people. Okay. And I think that's good. Maybe Power Slave and Killers, I don't know. We've got we've got so many studio albums. Yeah. I really want to do No Prayer, too, because I have a lot of, I think a lot of people have criticisms of No Prayer. So yeah. that would be a fun one to do. This won't be another Dance of Death, will it, where we get into it? And it's, actually, it's no, no Prayer is a lot better. Than it probably will, actually. It will, won't it? <laughs> Fear of the Dark for me, maybe. Maybe Final Frontier, although you and I disagree on that. I think you're going to love... Final Frontier. I probably will. I haven't done the listening on it that I should. And yeah. in, in the lead I have a lot to say about that now, too, but I'll yeah. wait till the podcast. Well, one of your favorite songs of all time is on Final Frontier. The Talisman. The Talisman. Yeah. Which you have like multiple versions of that you've made. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I've extended you've versions extended made. Extended it, yeah. I have um, a 40 minute version of The Talisman made that yeah. I <laughs> piece together in sound editing. Yeah. So it just goes on and on. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. So this episode is going to be about Yannick Gers, which I always wasn't sure if it was Yannick. Jers or Jers or Gers? Isn't it Gers? Jers? Gers. Jers. I watched a bunch of YouTube interviews and I heard him inter- or introduced as Gers, Yannick Gers. 
So that's what I'm going to say, but I might be wrong. I don't Maybe know. it's Hannick. <laughs> Hannick. Like a jalapeno. Hanik. <laughs> Hanik. Yannick Jeers. So, you know, my, my understanding of Yannick or my view on him, uh, obviously I know his tenure is, is kind of toward the end, or, or I guess what he's been around for about half of the studio albums. So he's been around for a while. I mean, since the what, late 80s, 90s. Since No came, Prayer. Kind of came in, No Prayer, yeah. yeah. And... Um, he kind of got brought in uh, via Bruce. Um, my my perspective on him, I've always found that there's this interesting debate amongst people. Like I remember, in, I know a lot of people that yeah. if you mention Yannick to them, they're like they roll their eyes. They just yeah. don't, no time for him, no time for him at all. Yeah, clownish even. Like that was what stood out to me yeah. when when he was playing on stage. He was kind of adding some energy. Yeah, and people were like, oh, he he's dancing kind of clownish, around. like he's goofing around. Yeah, and he's tall and lanky. Yeah. But he's, he's, I don't know. Gangly. I think he, he adds this, like, energy to the stage. He does, yeah. And the guys are getting older now, and Adrian doesn't do much. And I think Dave kind of interacts more. And, like, honestly, if you didn't have Yannick on stage, like, who is going to fight Eddie? That's true. Eddie <laughs> always comes around, and he's, like, yeah, Yannick, like Yeah, Yannick's the one that, like, yeah. fights him back and keeps him at bay. He's been, you know... God's yeah. be doomed without Yannick. He's like the uh, Harlem Trotters <laughs> in the battle with Eddie, because it always... <laughs> Yeah, so there's been that funny take on it, which for me, um, personally, because a lot of the later albums where he's a part of the band, um, you know, I, I don't, we, we've talked about this when we break down albums, I yeah. don't go, I don't have your level of experience, you played guitar, I don't necessarily break down every solo, you know, I can tell, you know, some of the differences, yeah. and I can I can identify most of the core solos, although Yannick, I don't know if I could ever identify anything he does. He has a style, though. It's he a, does have a style. Yeah, he's kind of like a midway between... Adrian and Dave hmm. but he also has his own style where he like he just like goes sometimes he just goes way yeah. crazy on the solos and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't but yeah whenever you hear someone doing something that sounds like crazy yeah it's probably Yannick <laughs> yeah and the- Adrian's are very like planned out and precise yeah Dave's are very like fluid and yeah. bluesy sounding and he's like right in the middle yeah yeah which so. is why it's yeah so I mean to me uh, it was interesting that that Obviously, you know, I don't know the full background on, on, on what was the pure motivation to bring him into the band. Um, obviously, you know, Harris is comfortable with three guitars. and they yeah. like Well, the sound. I watched an interview so, yeah. with Adrian on YouTube, and I can't remember what it was for, but it was from back in the day. And he said that Maiden, at one, that there was one point when Maiden had three guitarists back when yeah. they were playing like pubs and stuff, like back in the bar days. But I don't know which three. I don't know if that was pre-Dave Murray or... Because they had, like, the Terry Rants. There's another guy named Terry, Dave Sullivan, Dennis Stratton, Tony You're talking about the band members from 76 to 80. This is, like, the very first one. I really didn't set a lot of lineup until... Yeah, they went through, like, four, didn't they? More than four. There's, like... I just named, like, four or five, and I think there's, like, three or four more. But I think there was one guy who was only in it for, like, you know, a couple of weeks or something. Yeah. But, uh, so I'm not sure at what point, but at one point they did have three guitarists. And I've heard a interview with Steve Harris where he said that he always envisioned Maiden as having three guitarists. Wow. Which I don't know if that's true. He's just saying it because he had three. I don't know. There's not that many bands that have three guitarists that I can think of. Yeah. Uh, the big ones I can think of are like Leonard Skinner <laughs> yeah. and Iron Maiden. Yeah, even double guitars is rare. Uh, no, there's a lot of good double guitars. Yeah. It's not that rare at all, like Pearl Jam and whatever. Well, yeah. actually, Pearl Jam would have, when Eddie Vedder plays guitar, they have three guitars. Well, there's a lot yeah. of, like, a lot of two guitars and a singer with a, singer yeah. with a guitar. Like that Tom happens, Petty and the yeah. Heartbreakers. Yeah. Uh, Bruce that, Springsteen yeah. does that. Foo Fighters now have three guitars. The they have two guitars. The rhythm guitar, yeah. yeah. And but the Eagles always had the sing, but they were all kind of, like, singer. Yeah. But to have, like, a lead singer and then just... A separate three guitarists. Yeah, I can't I'm, think anyone other than Skinner and Iron Maiden. But on that note, when you got a lead singer with, especially in a rock band, who's playing guitar, unless they're just playing basic rhythm or doing a solo every now and then, yeah. then the, you know you don't want that stationary Beatles for three people standing at a mic. You need a level of movement. And you know Bruce is so animated. Oh, yeah. If you put an yeah. instrument, you take so much away. But also the reason you don't get so many threes, uh, or you don't get a string instrument like a, a string as in like a violin or a secondary vocals is the simple economics of music. You know, you don't have bands. Like, every band, could you could always fill out your sound. You could have eight or ten people. Yeah. But like, we've had local bands here this year, like Hey Rosetta, for example, where they have six people, and the economics becomes tough on a band. Yeah. So, now, Iron Man don't have to worry about that now. Yeah. But then you're getting into, like, yeah. Dave Matthews band territory, and I yeah. don't have any time for that. All of a sudden, you got a, you got a whole posse with you. Yeah. 
and uh, and but it's like arcade fire. I don't know how many people are in that, but they, yeah. I don't know. So my perspective on Yannick right now, and I'm ready to be. I'm ready because I sat back. I, I did a little bit of listening, uh, not a ton. Um, I go through. I, we covered. We've already done Dance of Death and A Matter of Life and Death, and we broke down some of his contributions. There, and he had some writing credits in, in yeah. Dance, Dance of Death. He wrote a few pieces and he did um, some solos. Um, you know, and I've done a bit of listening, a bit of prep. I, I've read a little bit on his background, not too much. So really, I'm yeah. going to sit back as a listener and more or less take your perspective. My guess, my key question, my key thought that I want to answer out of this, and that the way I look at this podcast is to just say. You know, where people look at him negatively and they put him down. Is it because they're defensive that he came in later? Is he a third because of his ability or is it just because of his place in the band? In other words, um, is he a, the, at the same level as as uh, as Adrian Dave or is it a situation where um, he is or he's comparable and he's in that space but it's just some of those people don't trust him because of their tenure with I him. think a lot of people, to them, yeah. Maiden is beast... Peace yeah. of mind, power slave, seventh mm-hmm. son, somewhere in time. Yeah. And if you're not involved in that period, yeah. they got no time for you. That's true. You know, it's the same way people hate Blaze, never listen to the Blaze albums, I don't want to have anything to do with them. Yeah. And they look at Yannick like that too. It's like, well, it's not Maiden. It's not Maiden. Because what I think of as Maiden is this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Now, if you if you actually look at it though, the weakest album before he joined was Summer in Time. Like, yeah, you know, know, which we reviewed. Yeah. And that's the other I mean, thing, is they have this band that's, like, know, at this creative peak, album after album after album. Amazing. And he's not involved in that. And then... He comes in, he comes no in, and, the dying. And then they go into the Blaze thing, and that's yeah. all, you know what I mean? So, and then Fear the Dark, and then the two Blaze. Yeah, which then, is four yeah. of the weakest albums, I think. Yeah. And that's a podcast in and of itself, that the Brave New World through the Book of Souls is comparable in a lot of ways. That era is comparable to... Oh, yeah, era. I think it's, like, a second... Yeah. Crest yeah, the, the second coming of Maiden. So that's that's yeah. another area to talk about. Yeah. yeah, fair enough. So who is Yannick? So he was uh, he was a part of that like new wave of British heavy metal. Those bands. He was in a band called White Spirit in the late seventies, early eighties. So the new wave of British heavy metal. So like the first wave is like Sabbath, Deep Purple, Blue Cheer, Zeppelin, Iron Butterfly. Those like kind yeah. of it's like bluesy rock, but kind of. Metal, like medley, yeah. Uh, I saw an interview with Getty Lee from Rush, and he said Blue Cheer, Blue Cheer is like the first metal band to him, and I can totally see that. They do have a yeah. cover of like Summertime Blues. It's super heavy sounding for the time. It's crazy. So that's super heavy for the time. Like I think that was like 1968. So people say that was the first metal song, and that's like a lot of people call it Zeppelin metal, which I can kind of see it has that like it's heavy sounding for the for the time, but that really sounds metally. But, uh, and then there, okay, so then there's the new wave of British heavy metal, which is like the late 70s and the early 80s. And so that's like, okay, the new wave of British heavy metal, this guy at, in Sounds Magazine in 1979 came up with that term. It's a scene in Britain, and it's, you heard the Soundhouse tapes by Maiden. So the Soundhouse was the heavy metal Soundhouse. It was like this club. Hmm. This guy, he was a DJ, uh, Neil Kay. So he really promoted these, all these local bands. And so that's a, what they call the new wave of British heavy metal. So it's like Maiden and Priest. Uh, I think they lump in like Saxon, Diamond Head, Raven, Angel Witch. And Def Leppard is part of that too, metal yeah. scene. A lot of people don't think of Def Leppard as like metal. No. But when they first started out, they were like as metal as these bands that we're talking about but they kind of veered off into their own like super production. they did kind of an aerosmith trajectory as well like because i had a bunch of not not the same thing, yeah but they changed so much um the uh i had a few of their albums and my father yeah. was quite a fan so we had a few vinyl man i like i love Def Leppard. if you want to hear like yeah. 
Boston type production of layers and layers of guitar <laughs> and right. layers and layers. Like, but that's what they are. Yeah. And if that's what you want to hear, then that's great. Definitely. The but best. you say you lump heavy metal and Def Leppard together now. Yeah. And can't. a lot of people like you can't. You know, unless they're going into like hair metal territory. Yeah. But uh, and the drummer's amazing, especially <laughs> yeah. considering as one arm, right? So uh, I have yeah. a clip of. Uh, so here's a clip of an early Def Leppard song, just so we can hear what they sounded like. So you don't think I'm crazy. But this is what Def Leppard sounded like when they started out, before all the production and whatever. Def Leppard sounded like in 1978. If you, I have multiple Def, Def Leppard albums. I'll be honest with you, I don't think I've listened to one in 15 years, maybe 20. I have Hysteria and Pyromania. Yeah. I, I can't even remember what I have. But I And I have a few of their vinyls, I think. Yeah, you I got those on that. vinyl, yeah. Yeah, but the, the vinyl I have left at your house. Oh, I yeah, think yeah. my it father's vinyl in that crate. Yeah. Um, I, you know, if you'd have said, Josh, this is a band you own a, an album of, you've listened to them, I'd never guess Def, Def Leppard. It's not even the same band to me. Like, yeah, well, so no, it didn't. They very quickly like evolved into something different. Yeah. But they were part of this whole movement at the beginning anyway. So yeah. it was like Def Leppard, Angel Witch, what else did I say? Diamond Head, yeah. Maiden, Priest. Although, like, I'm not sure how Priest... People put Priest in that, too, but Priest had were on their fifth album when Ma- Iron Maiden came out with their first album. So yeah. they predate these bands a bit, but they're still part of the movement, I think. Yeah. Um... But anyway, one of these bands was White Spirit, and that's what Yannick played in. And they had a self-titled album. I got that at home on vinyl, too. White Spirit, they're self-titled, from 1980. Um, I'll play you a clip of that now. That's from uh, 1980. Wow, and he's lead guitar. Yeah, Yannick's lead. That's that. That's pretty good. I gotta say. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I like. I like. I, I'm a sucker for this kind of like. If you were, this if you era were, of yeah. like metal. It's actually pretty rock. crisp. If you if you were to compare that to like Iron Maiden. Yeah. You know, at well, the same, you know, it's the album. Speaking of comparing yeah. stuff to Iron Maiden, here's a, this is a song called Midnight Chaser by White Spirit. Listen to this and tell me what you think. What year? Same album. Same album. <laughs>
So, uh, what do you think that song? Does it remind you of anything? Yes, it does. I mean, that's that's 1980. Yeah. So Yannick wrote that song uh, in 1980. Adrian Smith denies ever having hearing it when he came up with the Two Minutes to Midnight. But uh, there's also... I, but the at intro first I was, was exactly yeah. the pace. But first I was like, this sounds exactly the same. There's no way Adrian didn't hear it. Yeah. But then I went online and there was a YouTube video and it's like, I can't remember what it's called. It's like the most overused riff in heavy metal. And it, uh, and there's like a dozen songs that have that same kind of like, you know, But as I, when I was, when I was, you were playing that, I just plugged my ears during the lyrics and I could sing along to Vista yeah. Midnight. That's yeah. like, that is So I'm not creepy. sure exactly how that... Ties in. I don't know if it's a coincidence or you know what my first like instinct was. Don't put this on the podcast because we won't be able. It'll it'll we'll have to go to like uh, tribute bands to hear uh, "Hell Be the Name" and and, <laughs> and Two Minutes to Midnight." Now, like what? Yeah, no, but uh, yeah, I don't know yeah. what the story is behind that. But then if you look online, there's like a dozen metal songs that have that Fair exact enough. same riff. Don't, so I don't know if it's just a common thing. Yeah, it's just that. It's it, like the open. It's like hitting one chord, then open, then the other chord, and then yeah. bending it a little. I don't know. But even then, yeah, that's right. So, yeah, they put that one album out. Uh, I think it's a great album. I got it at home. Things Josh doesn't think are made. <laughs> yeah. I will bring on the podcast and argue or semi-maiden. But anyway, it's a great album. It's a if degree, everyone, a degree yeah. of separation from Maiden. Right. Go on. So it's pre-maiden. It's in the pre-maiden. Yeah. yeah. And uh, anyway, uh, Yannick left to join this band, Gillen. And yeah. when he left, that was the end for White Spirit. They just... Whatever. So 1982... So Ian Gillen, yeah, uh, he was the lead singer for Mark yeah. for Mark Two, Deep Purple. Was he Deep Purple? That's yeah, yeah that's right. So there's like Mark Two, Mark One, Mark Three, Mark Four. But Mark, right. but the classic era, in my opinion, is the Mark Two. That's yeah. when they had that album in rock, which is yeah. I've listened to that album so much. That's because like one of my Deep favorite. Deep Purple albums. were a seventies band, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. they've been on the go for because I have a few of their albums as well. Yeah. But they were more my dad's music than mine. They're eighties too. When yeah. they had like they had a lot of like peaks and whatever. That's right. But uh, yeah, so he left to join this band uh, Gillen with him, and uh, I'll play a clip of that. I think that's awesome like and that's, that's really uh yannick again so like yannick his guitar playing is like amazing the funny thing is if you look back at uh, uh actually i'll get into that later never mind yeah now but, I, don't, I, don't uh, want, I don't want to distract it now but my immediate reaction is like that's awesome yeah and we've just been teeing up amazing solos now you're just into his history and i don't want to sidetrack you yeah but he's 61 now yeah he joined in Maiden around 90, so 28 years yeah. ago. So he was like 33. So you could also argue that his best in terms of his most hardcore guitaring was in some ways behind him. I suppose you can argue that. So maybe there's some amazing stuff in these snippets is what I'm saying. There is. Yeah, well, yeah. a lot of this is really great. I mean, if, you threw, if you threw that solo there on a Maiden album in the right song in the right context, it'd be like world yeah. class. Well, he still has a world class solo. He, he, he does. I'm just saying that, uh, look, you know, I'm, I'm coming around. <laughs> I know, I know. Not that I started out with a negative opinion, to yeah. be honest. Next time we're at my house, yeah. we'll have a couple of beers. I'll put that White Spirit album on Yeah. and uh, listen to it. A couple of yeah. beers? I don't know about this. <laughs> The right. the copy I have isn't in the greatest condition, so it's kind of got some like crackle to it, but yeah, it's still. So we're gonna have to have two beers first, right? And then <laughs> listen. All right, sorry, I didn't so I so Ian Gillen dissolved that band because he got asked to join uh, Black Sabbath after Ronnie James Dio left. Uh, so this is post Ozzy. Then there was the Dio phase, and he left. Yeah, he was asked for this Born Again album to join. Mm. So I don't really know this Born Again album. No. So, I don't know. But I know, like, Black Sabbath, Paranoid, Master Reality, Volume 4, South Bloody Sabbath, Sabotage, and then they kind of lose me until Heaven and Hell. 
which is the first Dio album. But then after that, there's a whole bunch of albums. I think they had like, besides Ozzy, I think they had at least five other singers for Black Sabbath over the years. Like they're just, you know, anything with Tony Iommi playing guitar, they basically the record company would call Black Sabbath. Yeah. Some of it's good, some of it's not very good. Yeah, because after after our debate about Ozzy, yeah, you said, "Well, listen to some not Ozzy." I sent you yeah. "Heaven and Hell." He said, "Yeah," and then I wrote back, James Dean, and you I wrote can't back, do it. I just hate Ozzy so much. I just can't listen." And I wrote you back, and I was like, "Ozzy's yeah. not singing on this," and you're like, eh, "I guess I hate them all." <laughs> I guess I hate them all. Like, <laughs> never underestimate my yeah. like. Sometimes just not liking stuff's fun. You know what I mean? Like some people are like, "Wow, Rainbow, how exciting!" But not if I'm you're like, gonna, yeah, hey, that band sucks. I'm happy Rainbow. Now. Rainbow's amazing. No, I said, like, if you see a rainbow, oh, okay. like, people will be happy. Okay. I'm like, yeah, sometimes, just like people derive pleasure <laughs> out of it. you're trashing Richie Blackmore. No, no. I'm, I'm, I'm a happy guy, but, I mean, when it comes to, like, like you gotta give me my hatreds. Like, sometimes, you know... But at the expense of missing out on awesome music? Yes. Yeah? So, okay. the, the Leafs are... So, you know, look, uh, the Habs can have a run to the Cup, or the Ottawa Senators, or yeah. the Edmonton Oilers, or the Boston Bruins, which I know you love... Or the New York Rangers, or pretty well any other team except the Leafs, and they can play amazing hockey, unless they're in the Western Conference, in which case I can somewhat enjoy them. Um, people can go, "Wow, oh, the hockey's so great!" My father says to me, "He's like, oh, you should be watching all the teams, and I, I do watch all of the players because I want to know how we can beat them, but I don't watch them and go, that's amazing. Like I'm into this, like because it's like, you know, I, I feel that I, I just don't enjoy it. I want them all to die." <laughs> and uh, so for me, like as soon as you said, I you called my bluff right away. I wrote back, I can't listen to this crap. Like I just because of Ozzy, he's taken a dump on all of Sabbaths for me. And even if there is, it, let's just say, do a thought experiment. Yeah. I go listen to that, and I really like it. Then it's gonna creep into the. Then all of a sudden, I just not set myself up to do it. You know, it's like. So from your, I'm not a married man, but say you're a married man, you could go to a strip club at three in the morning to to watch. You know, well, I'm not anti strip club, but you could do something that could lead you somewhere dangerous, and you might just want to draw the line here. I don't want to like Ozzy. I just love hating him, so okay. I hate all of them. So I'm not okay. getting into it. But I gave you Judas Priest. You're you're afraid that listening afraid to like to the Ronnie James James Dio yeah. era Sabbath would be maybe get a foothold in you to maybe open the door to liking Sabbath. With Ozzy, and you don't like that. Well, there's that side of it. The other, the other reality is, is who has time? I mean, who honestly has time? I mean, I between... got tons of time, man. I know. Make but... time. Make time to listen to good heavy metal music. Yeah, but I mean, with all the stuff we've got teed up, I mean, I'm listening around the clock, and I'm not gonna. Man, I listen to a lot of Maiden for this podcast to get yeah. ready for it and stuff. But yes. like, like if we're doing an album, I'll listen to yeah. it a lot. But like, I still like. It's still only 50% of the music I listen to. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm, I'm listening to, so a lot of Pearl Jam, we talked about that before. Yeah. Uh, a lot of Matt Mays. Yeah. And uh, I've been listening to, like, this is going to sound stupid, but I've been listening to, like, to just generic Spotify podcasts, which I really like. Yeah, so, I listen to a yeah. lot of podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's half the reason I wanted to do this is because... Yeah. I realized that, like... Because at first I used to be like, well, we don't know enough to do a Because we used to joke around about doing a Maiden podcast. Yeah. And I'd be like, I don't really know that much about, like... Look, we know a lot I don't about know Maiden. enough. I'm but then, yeah, but now I'm listening yeah. to... I listen to... I told you I listen to, like, oh, there's, like, three or four different KISS podcasts I listen to. Yeah. And some of the guys... And they all know a lot about yeah. podcasts. The the one that's the most entertaining is called uh, Pod of Thunder. Yeah. And the guys admit, like, half the times they're, like, they're playing a song. Yeah. And they're like, uh, the guy will be like, I've never heard the song before in my life. Yeah. <laughs> and they're just fair. like, yeah. Yeah. And, but, and I'm like, it doesn't matter if you're an expert or not, as yeah. long as you're like. Yeah. Well, I, I haven't gotten any of that feedback yet, but I'm, I'm dying for something to write me and be like, you never heard that. You don't know this. You don't know that. Yeah. Like, if someone comes up to me at a concert and says, hey, yeah. what, who, who wrote, I'll be like, do you know anything about me? I don't really care. <laughs> like, I, I don't care about anything. I have opinions on stuff I know a little yeah. about, and I know a lot about some stuff. And, that that's what I found so interesting about a podcast is that we deep dive into it, and I'm actually doing this now. Like I go off and read, and now we're talking about Yannick, and I know I, yeah. I know all these detailed stuff. Like honestly, two years ago, I had probably listened, and I say two years ago before we first saw made three years ago. Yeah, well, it's coming upon. But before that, and I remember you trying to give me books. Like I'd listen to everything I made, and you saw the lists on my on my podcast. Yeah. I just listened to them around the clock all the time. Yeah. And then, but I didn't even know who was in the band, really. Yeah, I remember. Right? Yeah. Because I remember what I said to you. I hate, I'm not going to memorize some guy. And what do I, what does I say? Like, I'll find out he's like, 
some, you know, believes in this or he's a flat earther or orthodox something. And I'll be like, oh, God. Right? Yeah. Now I can't even listen to yeah. him anymore. So that's the thing about me. Like, you know, I just someone says something totally stupid. Yeah, I can't get you to listen to one Kiss song because yeah. you don't like Gene Simmons' business. <laughs> you know, that's it. You go to a dinner party with someone and all of a sudden, well, Gene Simmons is a moron. He gets on there about, he's like, oh. I think the thing that you need to realize is yeah. even Kiss fans know that. I know. Like the it's... people that love Kiss more than anyone, yeah. they all agree with what you just said. That's right. And I'm... But it doesn't, but it's like, it doesn't matter. That's part of it. Because it's yeah. like the demon. Love the demon. Don't like the man behind. It's like loving Luke Skywalker and hating Mark Hamill. Imagine when Mark Hamill was like a total asshole. I don't get that analogy at all because they're both awesome. But anyway, <laughs> but 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 your 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 point before was is correct in the fact that Kiss fans don't know, um, or they know that it's campy. So I listened back when to one of our podcasts because I was checking the sound quality. Uh, episode ten, which was I thought was really good, was the uh, op- uh, closers episode. Okay, yeah. And then I was talking about like Mother Russia. And how campy it is. And then we went into... There was another one I went into. And I realized how much I love the campy stuff. Yeah. Like, even though it's, like, bad and kind of stupid. And you're like, this isn't good, man. I know. Like, you know... Or Alexander the Great. He paid yeah. for Christianity. We've yeah. done that a bunch. But the campiness is also kind of fun and spoofy. So I can get that about Kiss. I do get right. it. Yeah. Right? Um, it's like Kiss, you just have to, like, yeah. bite down and just swallow the cheesiness and dive in. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can't be like, oh, I like them, but... I know it's not cool, but I ironically, I like this ironically that I can just blow. And it's like, no, no, no. You just have to like dive in. And the same reason I love yeah. Poison. I love Poison. I love Motley Crue. Yeah. I, I know it's not like, you know, it's not great music, but yeah. it's great songs and rocks out. And to me, it's like awesome. If I'm in the right mood, like yeah. you get a couple of beers on me and you put on like a Fallen Angel by Poison. Yeah. I lose my mind. It's Poison. <laughs> There's some great stuff in there. Um, on the like... It is simple, and we're we're here like our podcast logo is like us being killed by Eddie. And I remember I showed it to someone uh, of the generation above us, and they were like, "Well, that's silly." And I was like, "Yeah, that is silly. That's the point. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's a joke. It's not yeah. like a devil." And you know, so there is the campiness which yeah. I love. So yeah, I, I guess you know I come around on this stuff, and I, I don't try and give you too much ground because I don't want you to try to win me over on bands that I dislike. Because disliking bands, just like sports teams, is something I enjoy. Okay, right, but. James Hetfield. But to me, all these yeah. heavy metal bands are not in competition the way sports teams are. They're not. Ooh, good angle. <laughs> Except they are in competition for my time. And uh, fair enough. But James Hetfield, <laughs> when he was on Joe Rogan podcast, yeah. changed my perspective on Metallica again. Because remember, Master Puppets was always my favorite album growing up. I had a, the cassette played to death. I had the vinyl. I think I left it at your house. Yeah, it's at my house. And, um, you know, uh, Ride the Lightning was another one that was amazing. And, of course, that, that Black Album, whatever it was, the yeah. Sandman album. There was some great stuff there. Yeah. And then they had that, uh, was it, they had a White Album or One or something. Um, there, anyway, all those from high school. But then the yeah. Napster thing, we talked about this before. But now I'm back on it after the Rogan podcast. And I've agreed with you. I'll go a bit on Judas Priest. But Ozzy, for me, is too far I just hate him. I don't like the way he looks. I hate those stupid circular glasses. I hate his... Yeah, anyway, <laughs> but this, you're all talking about like post-Sabbath. Yes. It doesn't uh, matter to me. Okay. It doesn't matter. We and you just yeah. called uh, Injustice for All their... <laughs> Metallica's just, White Album. <laughs> whatever, White Album. You know what I mean. The the I Yeah, it's Justice for All. Yeah. That's the one, yeah. Is, yeah. It, is, it, is it a white cover or... It's no. grayish. It's like that no, statue I'm of thinking about something Justice. Else, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I know obviously the White Album with the Beatles, but... Yeah. Oh, I'm God. I could else. sit here and... I can the most overrated album of ever of all time. I have a. It's garbage. The vinyl was like the most expensive vinyl of all time. Like it was hundreds of thousands. Of like dollars the white album. Well, it's white garbage. album. Yeah. I like. It's I know we're getting album. off on a tangent here. That's okay. I don't know if I should uh, be I'm getting going into to this. allow this. Do I need to be getting? <laughs> okay. So the white album. Yes. This is one of those things where like I never liked it. Yeah. And I know this has nothing to do with Maiden. We're going to go like five minutes now and not talking about Maiden, but that's fine. We just went five minutes and we can go another five minutes. Mm. People like think the White Album is so great. And it's one of those things I told you took that Beatles course from that online university. Yeah. And you listen to every single album. Yes. I listened to every song. Yeah. So I, because I was like, I felt like I hated the album, but then I wanted to be sure. That's right. And I, I thought maybe I'd get a new appreciation for it. Yeah. But man, it's just like, it's this overindulgent half-written crap i'm like it's like i don't know it's oh i don't know why people think it's like a this genius thing it's like horrible it's like a band with no there's no one there to 
like I don't know. I think they needed Brian Epstein. Yeah. And when he was gone, they just like flew off, and there's no one to rein them in, and they just made yeah. this album full of like garbage. I, I think. And people are like it's yeah. ten out of ten. It's a genius thing, and it's, it's like. No. I don't know. Like that, I can't stand that back in the USSR song. Yeah. It's terrible. Oh my uh, god! It's so campy. The Obla yeah. D Obla Da song is oh, garbage. Oh, like worst I hate. Song ever. I hate that sickeningly yeah. sweet McCartney stuff. Like. I don't know. And Do you know what? That song, yeah. you know, Wild Honey Pie, Wild Honey Noise, Pie, that yeah. continuing story of Bungalow Bill is like, uh, uh, I don't know, I hear Yoko singing in there, and it's horrible. It's just, it's garbage. Was Yoko garbage. singing on the White Album? I think she was in the background of oh that. Oh my god. It's uh, the only way it could get worse. Yeah, it, it's horrible. Worse. And then there's like, Ugh. Uh, like Blackbird's not bad, it's like, that's a good song, it's an acoustic thing, you know what I mean? But like, I don't know, then they had to put bird sounds over it, it's just overproduced. And then there's like all these songs named after animals on it, like uh, Rocky Raccoon, Piggies. Oh, There's another one too. I can't remember what it's called. And I also hate, hate, hate that birthday song. Today's yeah. your birthday. Do no 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 no. It's I don't know, man. The it's only song I liked on there, everything, yeah. everybody's got something to hide except me and my monkey's good. The song on there called Your Blues, which is just them playing together as a band yeah. jamming. It, it, it's not bad. And then there's like Helter Skelter's good. Uh, but I don't know. It's a double. And then there's that revolution number nine. It's like the sound collage. It's like freaking garbage. And then like, I don't know, man. Like, yeah. there's now, so many songs on there that are just. I don't understand how you can even listen to them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Now on on, on the Beatles in general, like I mean, Hey Jude, Let It Be, amazing song. And you know, I always talked. I, I think we we'd mentioned before Revolution and that just the distortion of Ringo and, and it's just like, look, even though it's supposed to be a good song. I got into it for a different purpose. You 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 did it through that school thing, obviously. Um, well, my father had all the vinyls and, and gave them to me, but also I went to a liberal arts school and studied math and physics at this liberal arts school, and there was, it was mostly women, and they were all hippies. And I started listening to Beatles and Bob Dylan and and um, what's name Bob Marley and Cake. And I actually like Cake. I like the rest cake of too. The garbage. Yeah. But, it's kind uh, of well, Bob Marley's got some of, decent yeah. stuff, but you know, then you start realizing like yeah. you're like a you know. I got that Bob. Shago Vera wearing. I got. Idiot. Bob Marley. I like Bob Marley. I got Bob Marley. Uh, that legend. Yeah. It's like a greatest hit. Yeah. And I was like, oh man, I think I really like Bob Marley. So I started getting some other albums. Yeah. And I was like, well, I should have just stuck with the greatest hits because yeah. it's all the greatest hits. And it's just yeah. a lot more of the same. But I think that's that genre of music I'm not really into. So like, it'll. Yeah. There's know. a great Spotify list. Uh, Redemption yeah. Man, stuff like that. Buffalo I went to Soldiers. Jamaica last year and then I kind of got back into. Oh, uh, you were down in Jamaica reconnecting with your roots. <laughs> yeah. Great. Sitting under a palm just, tree. Yeah, just. Uh, to that's so true, though, but that's what it is. It's like for, you know, university kids just, just pretending they've been oppressed and they listen what are you to talking it. about? Well, Bob Marley is every every kid in University of North America is like a Bob Marley. Oh yeah, poster. yeah. Like, that same poster of him where he's like flipping yeah. threads up in the air playing guitar. Yeah, 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 that's awesome. And he had like toe cancer and didn't get it checked out because he was a Rasta and he ended up dying of that. Oh, that's what happened to him. Yeah, and he was shot once too, but he survived he, that. I know he died of cancer. Beatles overrated. Okay. Anyway, we went of, off on a huge, uh, huge tangent. tangent. Yeah, we better bring back to Yannick. Back to Yannick. Yeah. Oh, it's because. Uh, I want Ian, okay, Ian, wait, no, okay. I need one summary point on the Beatles. We'll say it, and I want to throw it out here. One okay. summary point. People think. When, whenever you talk about the quality of the music or, uh, yeah, to, the quality of the music, all of that stuff, people say, like, they, they try and use the time argument, 60s into 70s yeah. and all that stuff. But when you look at all these things that we're talking about, like Deep Purple, we mentioned there before, that came that came after them, obviously made more a little while later, Led Zeppelin's right there in that wheelhouse. Um, obviously, a couple of years later at the start, but, I mean, they, they you know, even Led Zeppelin 1 is better than, for me, musically, collectively, all of the Beatles' work. You take the best of. Yeah, anyway. I agree. Beatles was the first mainstream. They had this like late night conservative America, like oh, you know, they, they like everyone's like they have long hair. Like Led Zeppelin were there, like highest kites. They wrote the first two albums in Northern Scotland, like smashing liquor bottles off the wall in nineteen sixty nine, like just out of their trees. Yeah. And like you could never let them on Johnny Carson because it was just like the man wasn't going yeah. to. So like whenever what happened, they the were five... first, they were the first square semi non square band. There you go. Yeah, but they did predate. Zeppelin by the few years, and those few years, so much in society changed that. Yeah, you know society, that was a big. Society spent three years going. This Beatles music is shit. <laughs> Give us good music. I would say like too like, yeah, like I can appreciate the Beatles. Yeah. Yes, and like just because they came first, it's great and they're yeah. groundbreaking. But that doesn't make it. Yes, like Model T Ford like yeah. revolutionized autumn. You know what I mean? Yeah. Automobile. 
I don't think a Model T Ford compares to like a 78 Plymouth Barracuda. Very rarely in the world is first best. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Back and to so Grant, Okay, anyway. We so. agree. We agree. I know. I know as soon as we start talking about Black Sabbath, we'll be gone. Argument. So, right. So Ian Gillen left the band Gillen yeah. to join Sabbath. Yes. Then this record producer named Jonathan King put this super group, or he tried to put a bunch of these people together and couldn't get a bunch of them. And he ended up putting, this is in 1985, he put, it's called Gog Magog. Yeah, God so, God, yeah. yeah. So he put Paul Diano and Clive yeah. Burr, yeah. who both got kicked out of uh, Iron Maiden. That's right. With Pete Willis, who I think he was even, he got kicked out of. Was he the guy with Def Leppard? He got kicked out yeah. of Def Leppard. That's yeah, right. that's right. I think he got kicked out while they were doing Pyromania, or before, or just out. I'm not sure exactly the timeline. Okay. And then Neil Murray, who was like in White Snake, and he got sort of kicked out. Like David Coverdale kind of redid, decided to re shake things up and like put the band in take it in a different direction so you got these four it was kind of a four guys that were in like bands that kind of either yeah kicked them out or they were asked you can to just leave. imagine them out that night they're at the pub going like man steve harris don't trust him he's the worst <laughs> and he's like yeah <laughs> what year was this so uh in 1985 was so here i'll play you a clip of this and tell me what you think of this honestly Because those vocals are good. Um, yeah, well, Paul you know, Diano's an awesome singer. No, People always think so, he's comparing to Bruce, yeah. and they're like, he's not but a good where singer, is he, but he's Where's awesome. he at in his personal life when that's happening? That's 85? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm going to read, I'll know after I read that Beast book. Oh, cool. But, but, yeah, because to me, he sounds really sharp. I mean, I don't like the song. His vocals, I think, are great on yeah. that. But I think the songs are like, gee, that's cheesy, yeah. man. So they only ever put out a three-song EP, and yeah. then that was it. But uh, I got a quote here from Paul Diano uh, from an interview that I read. Someone asked him about Gog Magog, and he's like, oh yeah, that was nothing. That was some idiot who got us doing that shit. We only did it for the money. Yeah, we did it for a bit of fun. It was shit, but they wouldn't let us write any of our own songs, so we were like, fuck you. Uh, so there's kind of like this manufactured thing, and they broke yeah. these songs for him, and it, they got three of them recorded, and it fell apart. And apparently, <laughs> so then I was re- reading about this online. This guy, Jonathan King, the record producer, apparently he's like, he went to jail for like pedophilia. <laughs> no this. way. And then he had like 20-something accounts against him or something. So oh, like, wow. I don't know what the story is behind him. but <laughs> oh, my God. I think he was instrumental in the success of Chumbawamba, too. Chumbawamba. <laughs> what, what do you so, do? Anyway, well, this is all what I read I in touch, interview. I touch Before anyone then. says like, yeah. and tries to sue me for like slandering him. Yeah. Uh, God, my God. I read all this on various websites, yeah. so I can't. Uh... No. Anyway, so Gog Magog was like garbage. <laughs> but that, anyway, so that's three songs that Yannick. So, anyway, he left, the band broke up. Yeah. Or never went anywhere. He went on, and then he played. Have you heard of a band called Marillion? Uh, so, no. the singer from Marillion, was, his name's Fish. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he's like the fish vocalist guy, not not fish the band, nothing to do with that. It has band. nothing to do with fish. fish yeah, no, just, he's he's a vocalist. They call what does that mean? They call him fish. I have no idea. Yeah. I don't know anything about them, other than oh, Marillion. All I know about them is Mark Wilkinson, the guy that did but the did, Book of Souls album cover. Yeah, he did a bunch of Marillion album covers. But did Yannick do much with them? He so he played guitar yeah. on one track That's called right. "The View from the Hill," hmm. and I think he wrote the song too, or co-wrote it. So here's a clip of that.
So I didn't listen to the album. I just listened to that one track. Yeah, that's the only and track. And the guitar playing on is great. So that's uh, like Yannick. All these songs, if you listen to, like the guitar playing yeah. by Yannick is like great. He's not the weak link anywhere. Here. Nope. No. So he did that one song with this. And then his next project was he teamed up with Bruce for the Nightmare on Elm Street 5 soundtrack and wrote that Bring Your Daughter to the Slaughter okay. for the soundtrack. So that's when he first starts getting into the Maiden kind of territory. So he wrote this song. Well, we all know the song, but this is the version yeah. from the Nightmare on Elm Street 5 soundtrack. It sounds kind of different. Maiden wasn't really doing anything much at this year, so like uh, Yannick and Bruce did this Tattooed Millionaire album. They turned that one song, they decided to do a full solo album. And Adrian Smith did that ASAP, and then he left Maiden right before they did No Prayer. I think he wrote Hooks in You while they were, yeah. and that was it. Started this band called Psycho Motel. Well, it started out as The Untouchables, and then it became Psycho Motel. So Adrian left. Uh, I'm right, reading from this book here, uh, The Ultimate Unauthorized History of the Beast by Neil Daniels. And there's a quote by Bruce Dickinson, and he says, uh, He wasn't fired, but he didn't quit entirely willingly. Adrian's a great guitarist. He sort of agreed to leave. It came to a big discussion one day before No Prayer for the Dying. It started off with him suggesting that maybe we should write more than eight songs per album. So he was kind of like, uh, I think like... Steve Harris was like Seventh Sons, like as far as we want to go in that direction with the keyboards, and you know what I mean? Yeah. And he kind of wanted to go back and be like, let's make some like rock and roll music stripped down. And Adrian was kind of like, what? Like, that's a huge step backwards. So he was just kind of, I don't know. He's probably half burnt out from the touring and everything, too. And so he went left. And that's when Bruce got Yannick to come in and replace him because he knew him from the solo album. So. Yeah. That's how Yannick ended up in Iron Maiden. So Yannick and him did the um, Bring Your Daughter to the Slaughter. Yeah, and, and the Tattooed Millionaire album. And the Tattooed Millionaire album. Yeah, yeah which is a good album. And, um, it's a great album. So Bring Your Daughter to the Slaughter, like you just played a clip previously there before you did yeah. the quote. And it is very different than the uh, No Prayer for the Dying version and the Best of the Beast. The, um, how did they negotiate that in? Because like, how does that work? It's on a, a soundtrack. A soundtrack generally has rights to sell it. How does well, that they're the, if they're the songwriters, they can re-record it. They can re-record so I guess it. That's, so it was yeah. kind of his offering to when he, you know, into yeah. the album. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think Yannick had any other songwriting on No Prayer. I think he just kind of stepped in and... Yeah. Like, I, yeah well, I think it was till the next album that Yannick started writing anything. That's a precarious time for Maiden, isn't it? Like, I mean, Seven Son is over. Adrian's on the way out. Bruce is doing solo stuff. Yannick yeah. comes in. Two yeah. albums later, Fair of the Dark. The next factor, ninety-five. Bruce is gone. Right. There was a lot of turmoil there. I guess there was a big change too. It was early nineties. Everything was shifting, and like yeah. you mentioned about, you know, and we went over, we went some somewhere in time to talk about the synth, but it was mostly guitar synth. Yeah. And then we haven't broken down Power Slave yeah. yet. So I mean, when I listen to it, yeah, you know, it's it's in there apparently. But I mean, you know, as we talked about when we listened to Summer, and in, in, uh, yeah, as we listened to yeah, Summer in Time, the the truth is, it doesn't stand out for me. You know, um, from that perspective. So there's quite a, quite a lot going on there from a yeah. band perspective. So, yeah. Um, so he, uh, Yannick stepped in. Yeah. And just became, like, the new second guitarist in Maiden with Dave Murray. Yeah. And if you watch... Uh, I've got a DVD of it home. It's the one with the... Uh, the one where they had the magician... Simon Drake doing magic tricks in between <laughs> in between the songs. Wow. Oh, you gotta come over and watch that with me sometime. Yeah. Uh... So that's like Maiden with the two. And Live at Donington is uh, Dave Murray, yeah. Yannick lineup. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a different dynamic of guitar players with Adrian gone. But uh, I think they did pretty good. And I don't know. It's it's Maiden was going into this with No Prayer, Fear of the Dark. The phase they're going to, yeah, the timing that he joined. They're coming off of like a high point and going... 
yeah. kind of into some weaker albums, which when I say weaker, they're weaker for Maiden. Like they're still pretty awesome. Yeah. So I don't think he gets the credit that he deserves. Maybe in those stages. So as as in they so once Adrian's gone, yeah, I would imagine that for a large period there, Yannick's taken over a lot of his solos. Yeah. And so I never really broke those down, but one did stand out to me. The Raising Hell in 1993. Yeah, that's the Raising Hell is the DVD I was telling yeah. you about. Yeah, with that's the, right. the, the magician. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. Oh, that's the same one. Yeah, because I just I didn't see the musician part. I was watching the individual tracks yeah. through it. But Hell would be that name. Like he nails that solo. Yeah, yeah like it's awesome. Yeah, and we were taught, we teed that up in the closers, and then yeah. we, I think you had hinted. We we both said you know to be in our top few songs. Yeah, but I thought he was awesome. Yeah, and um, so you know back back to your point. Yeah. And when he does Fear the Dark live, he, like, nails that solo most of the time. Okay. <laughs> or every time I've seen. He goes through, uh, I've got a bunch of them we can, as we get going, but uh, Sanctuary, Trooper, like, he's done a load of really great uh, um, solos. Um, Heaven Can Wait, Paris 2008, tore that up. There's a load of great stuff online, actually. Yeah. I went through, there's a bunch of YouTube videos of, like, his top solos. Yeah. But I was looking at like the core albums, like literally we broke down Dance of Death, um, Matter, Life and Death. He doesn't did he have a solo on that? Okay, off the top of yeah, my head, I can't remember. He had a yeah. bunch, but he, he didn't stand out for me. But um, we've been through them all, uh, or we've been through those two albums. We haven't been through the rest of them um, where he was on. But um, online, like you know, not I was I was fishing for Yannick specific solos, notably signs he wrote, solos he'd written for himself. And all that's in there, the, the bulk of them are dominated by, you know, like hardcore early year stuff that he's since played. So the 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 the, the key takeaway for me was obviously he was doing it in various stages, like either they you know, they're taking a break and letting him do it, or you know, that you know, there was five solos, you know, and, and they they'd kind of split them up. But the reality is it wasn't a technical or he it, not that he couldn't handle it. And in most yeah, cases what yeah. I saw was like it seemed like he was more more comfortable in Adrian space. I don't know. Yeah, well, like he, he, he filled that space for so long. Probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And no, Dave Murray, like, yeah. so Dave Murray, yeah, he joined in what 1976, and they yeah. left for. He was there for a couple of months, and they left because he got in a fight with Dennis Wilcox, the singer. Yeah, that's when he went with Adrian in that band Urchin, but then he came back to, in 1978. That's when Dave Murray really started in Maiden. So he's basically been in Maiden nonstop. He came back with Dennis Stratton. Yeah, and so Dave Murray's been in Maiden for 40 years. Wow. So. <clears throat> if you look at Adrian Smith, he joined in... I remember Dennis Stratton was on the first album. Yeah. So he joined for Killers in 1980. And then he stayed till 1990 when he left. Yeah. Then he, he played on some of Bruce's solo stuff, that Accident at Birth album and stuff. But he didn't come back to... It was 1999 before he came back to Maiden. So if you add that 10 years at the beginning and his years after, that adds up to 29 years he's been in Maiden. Yeah. And Yannick joined in no for no, no Prayer. And he's been in, he's been in the band ever since. And so he's been there for 29 years, too. So Adrian and Yannick have been Maiden for the same amount of time. Ooh. But, like, Yannick gets no credit compared... Adrian, everyone looks at Adrian as being, like, authentic, and Yannick as being a fill-in, but they've both been there the same. That's a very good analysis. Yeah, yeah I like Actually, that. I looked on a, a Maiden fans forum, and there was this guy, uh, I think his name was, like, Foro Star or something like that. That was his username. And he broke it down, like what was going on with Maiden and like album credits and stuff. And he broke it down like to the month that they left. And I think it works out that like Adrian was technically like a month longer in Maiden than Yannick. Yeah. But like basically Yannick and Adrian have been in Maiden for the exact same amount of time, but yep. they don't get the same amount of respect. Yeah. At but all. That's, that's linear time. And that, that is, that is fair. That's a good, the good angle. It yeah. definitely puts them in the same conversation, at yeah. least from a tenure. Yeah. But what is it of the 16 studio albums? Um, Adrian was gone for four. Yeah. Um, Yannick was there for nine. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so. No prayer. So nine to twelve. Yeah. So there's three more. Not to mention the fact that you're substituting things like No Prayer for the Dying, Fear for the Dark, X Factor, and Virtual Eleven. Yeah. For I know. the early years, right? I know, yeah. So yeah, the, the material the 12, versus material. And the, the irony is, is that if you actually look at, he left what Seven Sun, and then he comes back, Brave New World. Dance of Death, Matter of Life and Death, Final Frontier, and Book of Souls. So you could actually yeah. argue that Adrian's, of the you know twenty eight or forty years, arguably parts of Fear of the Dark, parts of Prayer for the Dying, what to break those down, and the X Factor, parts of that as we've debated, Virtual Eleven. Ugh. 
you know, most yeah. of Fear of the Dark. Uh, virtual, you know? virtual Eleven no, has perfect. some good songs on it. It does, it does. But yeah. I mean, you know, when we when we look for, I mean, honestly, I the only no one's going to put them in their top ten Maiden songs for me. Uh, you know, for Virtual Eleven, I don't think for me it maybe it's the Final Frontier, of Dance and Death, which we covered in a podcast. Those are the only two weak albums in the, you know, the whole Adrian time. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Maybe maybe you could say... And uh, Dance of Death after we covered it yeah. on that podcast. It's not really that weak of an album. Yeah. I mean, the first seven, there's like, Peace of Mind, you know, I love it, but... Oh, man, know, Peace of Mind's the best. It's it's excellent, but, Peace you know, is it, is it Peace of mind in that seven, I'm, if you're trying to find a weak point, like, yeah. somewhere in time... It's is not where Peace I of Mind. Well, it's not, well, it would have been somewhere in time, but when we... Well, man, yeah. since I've been listening to that, I can't stop listening to it. You know, it's not Power Slave. It's not Number of the Beast. It's not Killers. It's not Iron Maiden. You know, it's not Seventh Son, which yeah. is probably my favorite of all time. You but, know? I mean, whenever I hear people complaining about Yannick, I just yeah. want to tell them, like, you look yeah. at the time that they've spent in the band. Yeah. And if you look at, like, the stuff that Yannick's contributed to the band. Yeah. There are, like, there's so many amazing songs that Yannick has written for, for or co-written for yeah. Maiden. That if you're one of those, like, I only like the 80s Maiden stuff, you're not going to even know. That's right. So if you're if you're a Maiden fan who likes that era of Maiden, you got no time for Yannick. Yeah, well, the f- I'll pe- if you're yeah. if you're one of those Maiden fans yeah. that likes all periods of Maiden, yeah. If there wasn't for, if it wasn't for Yannick, we wouldn't have any of these songs. You've got to watch them be quick, I'll be dead. Snake eyes in heaven, the beast in your head. You've got to watch them be quick, I'll be dead. have any of those songs and those songs are all well, not in any form or any incarnation like did he write all of those he wrote or or co-wrote. be quick or be dead yeah man okay yeah i think you just won the argument yeah because so i mean you can't really anyone that knocks now if you're not into this phase of maiden and you don't know these songs because they're all later songs yeah. Then you're like, what are all these songs? I never heard these before. What's the name of the song? Montesegur. We went, we went yeah. through. You said that was the best song on yeah. Dance to Death. Yeah. I can never pronounce it. It's yeah. that. Uh, what was it? It was that like 1200 century like walls and place where the yeah, it was that pl- that yeah. historic thing. We broke yeah. it down in that previous podcast. Yeah. I love that song now. Yeah, I've been listening great, to it a lot. Yeah. I'll never be able to pronounce it, but that's just my accent. I think that's Montesegur. Montesegur, whatever. Anyway. um well, that's that's a pretty solid CV because yeah. as soon as when you when you teed up the twenty eight years versus twenty nine or whatever it was, 
Um, then I started thinking, I started looking at the albums and I was like, man, that's actually an argument for like the period he's been there has largely been worse than the period he <laughs> yeah. was in there. And then, you know, you break it down, but yeah, I think a lot of this comes from, yeah. you see them live when they do Iron Maiden to close the show yeah. before the encore, uh, Yannick starts doing the flip the guitar behind the back, doing that thing where he flips the guitar behind his shoulder upside down and yeah. flips it back. And then, you know, he throws his guitar 20 feet in the air, catches it, yeah. uh, all during the song, and you can tell he's not really playing it. And he's, yeah. I mean, he's standing on his guitar playing with his feet, with his yeah. friggin' white hot high tops on. That's true. <laughs> you know, like, he's playing the guitar with his sneakers, he can't, like, he can't actually be... And then he's, like, actually just holding the strap of the guitar and, like, swinging it around his head, and I'm like... It's exciting, but people see that and they're like, is he even playing anything? Does Adam Yannick do anything? And I'm like, I think it's just this one song where he just goes nuts and they must crank him way down in the mix. Yeah. Yeah, I get you that. Know? And and I guess people, I don't know. I, I figure when I see that, I just think, you know, yeah. he's trying to animate the stage and they've got... Yeah. But know, if that's, I, it's, their, yeah. It's, their, it's their song. Like, what do you get later on? You're in the early years, which is outside of his range. So I think a lot of it, too, is people are... They're like, this is metal. I love metal. Metal's yeah. badass. Metal's... You know, and they're like, yeah, metal, blah, blah, blah. And then they're watching Maiden. And they tend to turn a blind eye to the big inflatable, like, beast and, like, the Eddie walking out on stage and all yeah. the cheesiness of the Maiden show, which I love. Yeah. But they tend to turn a blind eye to that, and then they see him. They see Adrian and Dave, who are, like, and Steve Harris, who are all just, like, yeah, all business. And then they see him, and they're like, oh, that's not cool, because... He's he's being lighthearted and like yeah. you're supposed to be a badass when you're in a metal band, but it's like, have you seen the rest of stuff that's going on stage? Like, I know, but also that's where your eyes are drawn, right? Yeah. Your eyes are drawn to Bruce because you're looking for yeah. movement, right? Like, I mean, you can watch Harris and the guys and they're up close and they're like yeah. doing it. And maybe if you're a, a bassist and you're technically in yeah. what he's doing, and I think he energi- energizes the rest of the band too by being yeah. on stage. And I don't know, I like him. Yeah, he keeps going. Oh, yeah. I definitely, uh, I'd agree. I mean, I don't, I don't like why pit. Well, you know, why look at it and say. Why, why put it down? Like, I mean, it yeah. is what it is. But a sure. lot of people do. They do. And, uh, you know, some of his tenure hasn't been the best made and stuff. But I, yeah. I think we've what we've done in this podcast is we focused in a lot of yeah. ways. And trying to get people excited about the newer stuff. Because, yeah. I mean, you know, it's only it's not very hard to get people excited about Power Slave. Yeah. Um, but, I don't know. From my perspective, I think uh, he has a, an important place in the band. One thing I will add about his stage presence... Um, if you watch him and Bruce interact, Bruce really likes him. They have yeah. great chemistry. Like yeah. Bruce is not up in his face like singing with him because he doesn't like him. Like that's hard to do on a long. I time. wonder how much I of think it they get on very well. Because I, you know, how Bruce yeah. kind of came back to, or he brought yeah him back into the band yeah, he and then Adrian succeed. came back and they kept him yeah. Like I'm wondering how much Yannick kind of yeah. I have no idea about this, but I wonder if he plays some kind of like role in that dynamic of the band of having yeah. him there. If it kind of like smooths out a lot of stuff, or yeah, it's funny also because you have Steve, who's like the taskmaster leader. It's his band. Yeah, Bruce Dickinson's a really strong personality too. He is. Dave Murray's like the workhorse. Yeah, Adrian, I, I'm not sure. How, I can't get much about what his personality's like. Yeah, it's hard. To and tell. Nico seems like he's just like oh, he doesn't well, care. He's, he's so jovial. Like, yeah, exactly. So I'm wondering if he kind of just somehow lubricates yeah. everything and makes everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Although we did have that. Discussion about the time that he lost it on Harris and oh, yeah. Nico and and, yeah. and, uh, and Bruce recorded. Well, Nico but, and Steve Harris apparently, when they did Matter of Life and Death, it was a big deal that they didn't have a fight because apparently every album they have like a screaming match. Really? Because <laughs> yeah. and that's probably why I, I'd say Steve Harris seems like the type of guy I'd love that. You know, yeah, like love that about him because he's probably been so pushing in some ways on some people that that then it goes that way. But think about the dynamic too with Adrian way back. And obviously, I guarantee you that Steve and, and, and Dave are so close. And then Adrian's been in there since the beginning, and they're all really close. And then Adrian's got this kind of thing, and then Bruce comes in. And then Bruce goes out and does a solo project, and Adrian joins him for a bit. Yeah. And then when Bruce is like laying down the line, like Adrian's like, wait, now I got seniority from Maiden. And, and the dynamic there, and then he leaves. And then they meet up again in Maiden, and now Steve's there. It's, there's just so much going on. Yeah. They don't seem like a kind of band that, that really has any major issues. I mean, you can say like they haven't gone down the path of the drugs and alcohol but they have it's just been through various people who got turfed yeah, uh, yeah. you know and we'll talk about Clive and then yeah obviously there's Paul and, and those challenges um, but yeah there's personalities there and there's creative stuff and yeah I guess you'll never really know you'll never fully know nor do you want to I mean who cares yeah. right like there's no, no definitive right or wrong yeah. you couldn't take like as you played that clip there I was like wow okay if Yannick's influenced those you can't even debate it anymore right yeah 
No, I noticed there was no uh, X Factor on that, but anyway. <laughs> Lord of Flies. <laughs> yeah. Do you have Lord of the Flies on that? That was Lord of the Flies, but I put the Bruce Dickinson version of Lord of the Flies. Uh, you put Legacy, but you didn't... Oh, I didn't hear it. Yeah. It was uh, Bruce singing it. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, interesting. So my takeaway from it is he's not third place. He just has a different, you know, um, yep. perspective yeah. in there. And he is he's not, you know, he doesn't have the tenure in the early years, obviously. Yeah. Uh, so that'll always hinder him with a certain part of the yeah. fan base. And all this on stage stuff, yeah. too, is you have three guitarists. Yeah. It's going to turn into a mess if everyone's playing all the time. Yeah. And some of these songs don't need three guitarists. And I think that's when he just, like, throws his guitar around and yeah. does whatever. And thank God he's not throwing his guitar down, storming out the stage, saying, how come I don't get more songs? Yeah. Like, yeah. he knows his role. Yeah. And that's an important thing, too. Anyway, so we both give Yannick a big thumbs up. I give him a thumbs up. I give him an 8 out of 10. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know how to rate him. But, yeah, I, I think all in all is good. I'm kind of worried about when we do this Power Slave episode that's just going to be me and you like gushing over every song 10 out of 10. But you know what? It was that's okay. time, though. If, if, yeah, if an it's album's so hard on me. If an album's <laughs> 10 out of 10, it's a 10 out of 10. Well, Power Slave's going to be pretty we'll bloody close. I mean, now, you know, what, what album could be better? I would say Power Slave is probably... Most people would agree on Power Slave. People debate Killers. Uh, you know, it's hard to tell, right? Seventh Son. I've heard a lot of people say, eh, you know, there's a lot going on there. It's I think the only thing be. that's going to hurt power slave yeah is maybe the instrumental yeah i don't know uh, it's hard to tell and then there's like there's like two songs about fencing do we need two songs about fencing anyway we'll get into that in the third <laughs> okay talkingmaiden.com talkingmaiden.com subscribe yeah. to our podcast check it yeah. out write a review what do you think of this pair i think it's great i love it i think it's excellent it said an ale and i thought it was gonna be kind of later it's very uh like an amber, I don't know how to describe it. Yeah, it's tasty. Well, yeah, it'll. Uh, it's you're gonna if you like this, you're gonna love the ales in Manchester next summer. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Can't wait. Yeah. So yeah, between Mill Street, Port Rexton, and this new one, like a lot of good beers on the go in Newfoundland. A lot of great beers. So fantastic. So uh, yep, that was yeah. good. Till next time. Later. Later.